Welcome to Telling the Tale. I'm your host, Mitchell Farley-Wolf, and I'm joined today, as I usually am on this podcast, with our co-host, I say our because isn't he all of our co-hosts, Dustin Jackson. Great Scott. Haha, <laughs> that's from Back to the Future. Yeah, I feel like uh, that's the most you can do with Back to the Future sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've just been I've been trying to think of good jokes for these uh, these intros. Boy, I I sure blew my load on that first episode. E- What'd you do in that first one? I just did the. Uh, um, I don't remember what I did. I remember I had a good one. Though. Did you it's recite so the long. entire script? Like, weeks. what do you mean you blew your load? I feel like I just had a really, I, well, I don't want to say a really good joke, but I had like the one joke you could do that would work for a podcast. Where well, time now I feel like I, the theme. I feel bad for not remembering it. No, <laughs> it's you had fine. the one joke that was so good. <laughs> I didn't say it was so good. Uh, I right. said it was the one. All right. Um, so, Dustin, we played the video mm-hmm. game Back to the Future, the game, episode five, out of time which is named after the license plate on the DeLorean, Out of Time. It released, we're so done. We're so done. We're so done with it. With Back to the Future Now. It released on June 23rd, 2011. It was directed by Dennis Lenart and written and designed by Hartzell and Stemmel. So, out of the way, all, all of the uh, the intro bits where we just talk about the, the particulars, out of the way. Dustin, I was really excited to know your thoughts on this because... I, pl- I played it through, and I, I definitely have some, like, I don't know, game designerly thoughts on this episode, but I, I mm-hmm. really wanted to know how you, someone who is audibly growing out of love with the Telltale format on our show, <laughs> uh, felt about the wrap-up to probably Telltale's biggest budget game up to this point. I liked it. I liked this episode. This is probably my favorite episode of the season. Okay. I, uh... I felt like they stuck the landing, even if they were kind of, I don't even want to say stumbling the whole way, because I don't think they, like, did anything bad. It just kind of felt like the whole time, like, let's let's say they're gonna, they're gonna jump the bar, but on their way over, they're walking at a leisurely pace and looking at their phone, <laughs> but then... In the at the very end, they do it. They stick the landing, and they sure it wasn't super exciting getting there, but I think they they ended on a high note. So, I agree. Uh, I think that this episode was was um, it had the amount of jumping from set piece to set piece and interesting plot progression and um, just interesting things going on. That a Sam and Max tip episode typically would. Yeah. But it, it's doing that and sort of trying to... It, I get the impression that it's doing it and saying, well, you can only do this in a finale. Which is mm-hmm. strange because every episode of Sam and Max pretty much did this kind of thing. Yeah, I it, I it does make me wish that we got more of what we get in this episode in the past episodes... We're not even in, well, we technically are in Hill Valley in this episode, but we it we don't go to, like, the same locations. I don't think we go to any of, like, the same locations we have been. Um, except for, the, except for like, outside the school, but that's, like, really fast. Yeah, I reckon that's true. Um, we, we can talk about the particulars in a moment, but I, I want to mm-hmm. stay focused at first just on the, the big picture of of how this episode went. Um, 
I I I was definitely more entertained I I think than the previous episodes in the series. It, there was mm-hmm. more shiny objects to think about and more reasons <laughs> to get distracted. But they I dangled their keys in front of you a little more. Yeah, but I'll I'll be a little more sour on it than you maybe. And I'll say okay. that I don't think anything it's doing is particularly better or bigger than what the previous episodes of this game have done. It feels more like it's doing those things, just the 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 coat of paint on them is, is sort of giving the impression that it is more new stuff than usual. And, and mechanically, I don't think it is almost at all. Right. No, I totally agree. It's basically just all the same stuff, but... I, I, I still feel like, given my feelings on, like, the first four episodes, I feel like this one at least did the same thing a, a, a little better, like you said, with a new coat of paint. Um, so I, I still enjoyed it more than the others, and that's fine with me because I didn't even dislike the other episodes. I was just, a l- they left me a little deflated, but this one I, th- I thought was a good one to go out on for them. Yeah, we've gotten to a point where tell, with Telltale where um, they it this is a stupid thing to say they know we're doing the podcast and want us to get through them faster. <laughs> uh, it feels it feels a lot like Telltale is almost precognizant of the fact that we have a podcast to do, and they're like, "Oh, do you want to just like finish this? You don't want to get stuck, do you?" Good. Here, we'll make, like, all these episodes an hour and a half at most, so you can just breeze through. Yeah, we'll make Back to the Future just an easy, breezy, lemon, squeezy sort of thing where you just you just go through the episode, and you don't even have to think about it again a second time later that day. It won't stay <laughs> in your head at all. Um, but it, yeah. it, it can be something that you do just to, just to have a fun time. Uh, you can be stuck... I remember taking sometimes three days to do a Sam and Max episode. That was when I was like really not trying to do it fast at all, to be fair. But I... That's when you had a small animal brain and could not figure it out in like two hours. Well, I I don't know. There's times now when I get (laughs) stuck in Sam and Max, but like because we need to get these done for the podcast, like there's, there's ways of getting through puzzles in these games that can they they don't feel the the greatest and they maybe take a little longer if you just than just getting it mm-hmm. but you can basically guarantee your way through a telltale game right and these there's just nothing there's just no roadblocks it's entirely frictionless if you don't get it um there's the hint system button and it's very big, and it's always on screen. Yeah, and it gives you three hints, too, and there's no penalty for it. I remember some games would have, like, achievements or trophies that'd be like, beat it without using any hints. Yeah, I mean, and... we just did the CSI games, and those games have hints, but if you do them at the end of the episode when they're, like, grading you, it'll say, <laughs> well, you sucked a little shit because you used a hint, and we don't like that here in law enforcement. Well, the good thing about that is there's zero difference between uh, getting one hint and getting hints for every single room <laughs> in the entire game, as yeah. we found out. Yeah, and we really did test <laughs> Which that. Which case was that? I don't even remember. Was it the second one? We we just asked, like, 
every hint. We were like, give us something. We don't know. I think it was we the second one be. because uh, the, the first two cases in that game were the ones where it was before we agreed. Let's just do the walkthrough. Let's just use the walkthrough the whole time. Yeah, we don't want to do that again. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I would never use a walkthrough for this one because... Yeah, it's, it's really not that hard. Yeah. Uh, there, there's one problem area I came across in this episode, and we'll talk to about it when we get there. But it, nothing okay. like uh, taking a picture of the van and the crate at the same time or anything like that. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I still I still have nightmares every night. Yeah, I can crate. close my eyes sometimes, and I just am in an alley, and I'm like, where do I know this alley from? <laughs> Get the picture! Get the picture! Yeah. You know that thing about um, New York alleys? Um, No, explain it to me. Well, like in movies set in New York, you're always, especially like crime movies, you're always finding yourself in an alley like that. Yeah. Uh, New, yeah. New York does not have alleys. <laughs> the city of New York doesn't have them. It doesn't like the city's just not built in that way. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So all of those, if you ever see that, it's a tell that it's shot in. Um, it could be shot in Georgia or in Toronto or something. Um, mm-hmm. Or Los somewhere Angeles. that can pass for New York. Yeah. Um. Just it. Uh, it's definitely not New York. New York has never had yeah. those. It's uh. It's, it's an interesting thing. Um, See, I've only been to New York once, and it was a few years ago, and I don't remember. I I didn't go out of my way to look for alleys, so I I wouldn't have known, but now I know. It's good that you didn't, because you would not, you would have, I mean, New York's big. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't have been able to find I'm going to go all around New York looking for these alleys. Yeah, it's a big town. I hear that it's like one of the bigger ones. Um... (laughs) One thing I'll say about Back to the Future, though, yeah, it do that. really does. I mean, <laughs> I mean, obviously, given when it came out, but it really does strike me as the in between of Old Telltale and Walking Dead because it kind of feels like they're trying to sort of do both, where they have like the Sam and Max ish puzzles, but they also have like characters remembering things, like the names you choose yeah. and. Um, dialogue choices having different sort of outcomes with the characters um but it doesn't really it doesn't go all the way on either side so it feels like it's very shallow on both ends which it you know it it, it doesn't it's not the worst thing in the world it's it's just i feel like this i feel like back to the future doesn't really have any strengths <laughs> that's in that's but, an indictment <laughs> That's that's mean to say, but it's it's more like, you, you know that phrase "jack of all trades, master of none." Uh huh. I feel like that's a phrase that that gets used as a negative thing, but "jack of all trades" means you're still pretty good at everything, even if you're not, you know, the best at them. And I don't even know if I'd say that about Back to the Future, but I'd say it's still good at some things. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, in that case, uh, congratulations, Back to the Future. You have <laughs> been awarded. You know, you're never given an award for that for, for being. Yeah, you're probably sort of good the at one a lot of things. Sort of good at some things, not so good at others. Yeah, I, I, agree. not never the best at it. I guess I agree on. Mm, I don't even know if I agree that I. That's like an as good thing to be as really good at one thing. <laughs> 
but uh, I, you sure. know what? I'll say it's the best at being Back to the Future Four. Yeah, out of everything that is it, it's better than the cartoon. Um, yeah, I mean, we t- we talked about it the other day. I feel like if this were a movie, I'd be a lot more interested because this is the kind of thing I would expect from a movie. I I don't want to um, jump too far ahead, but I feel like a lot of the scenes near the end of this episode. If if I were watching a movie and seeing this, I would be I would be invested. I would I would want to see how these characters uh, get through this. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the way Back to the Future ends is not a cliffhanger. It it feels very solvent and solid. This ending does not feel that way. Um, the right this ending is very much a cliffhanger do you think they thought they were doing another back to the future game yes i feel like there's no way they would have uh done what they did with this ending if they didn't but at the same time kinda because uh I'm, I'm gonna jump ahead a little and by a little i mean right to the ending but um Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, before you do that. Okay. uh, There's another thing we should talk about in this episode, and let's get it out of the way first. Let's talk about it. Uh, Yes. And then we'll talk about plot details specific to this episode of Back to the Future. Um, Telltale Games, the currently existing company known as Telltale Games, put out a, uh, a press release in Game Informer magazine recently. Uh, I haven't gotten a chance to sit down with a physical copy of the magazine, as is my want. But the details, the the high-level details in that magazine have uh, emerged into the cybersphere for me to gaze upon. And let's talk about those for a second. Okay. They're reiterating in this article that there are two... uh, There's two uh, games they're working on. They're working on The Expanse, and they're working on The Wolf Among Us 2. Yeah. This is not new information, but just in case you thought, well, is there secretly three of them? It looks like they're strongly indicating there's two. There's two games right now. Yeah. The Wolf Among Us 2 had some plot details. I wish... Uh, we had played it at this point, but we haven't. So, like, I don't have that much of a connection to the story of The Wolf Among Us yet. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. We will get there. It's on... It's, of course, on the list. Um, but this one is set six months later in the winter of New York City. Uh, I like I like winter things. I like Christmas-themed things. <laughs> I do, too. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Winter doesn't automatically mean Christmas. Winter does not automatically mean Christmas, no, but Christmas this is in the winter. This could take place the day after Christmas. I've been watching the Marvel Cinematic Universe tie-in streaming television show, uh, Hawkeye, which is, Whoa. Hawkeye is a Christmas story, and it, just the way that they're doing the thing they normally do, which can get kind of boring, but like, hey, like, look, you can look around and it's snowing in New York, what a vibe. Uh, I've I've yeah, really I feel enjoyed like, that. I feel like something taking place on Christmas gives it like a bonus point. So like, even if it's not like great, you know that movie, the live action, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Of course, I know it. I think that movie 
if it didn't have Jim Carrey in it, it would not be very good. Okay, yeah. But if it were, it, it's Christmas, you still get like all these cool Christmas visuals. I would still like it. I would still like put it on. I'd be like, I like this. Yeah, I'm trying I, to think I, of I, I what like that you... movie, but not about Christmas even is. <laughs> yeah, their town is so like. I guess it's the cat drenched in, the hat. in Christmas. The Mike Myers cat in the hat. <laughs> People like you that, don't though, like... and I don't like that. <laughs> I love that movie. We here in, in my household adore that movie. I know you do. It's a it's a personality <laughs> defect, but <laughs> it's so funny. I don't know what you're talking about. So that's the Wolf Among Us too. It's it's set during the winter, and that gives me the impression that we are about one year out from it. I think they would want to set the release of that game also during the winter i agree um do you think they're gonna do one episode per month or more like a one per week if they're already all done by the time the first episode is released um i'm Um, not sure what they're gonna do so here's the thing we talked about this on a um i don't remember if it was in an episode or off uh off air but it was my impression that it was going to be episodic, but they were just going to release them all at once. Right. They're not but doing if, that. They are releasing yeah, them episodically. Okay. So I would assume they would stick to the one a month plan just because it gives the it gives people more time to play and talk about it. Personally, I hope that's what they do. I, I don't know if I'd want to get a new Wolf Among Us every week. I mean, I guess that's exactly what we're doing with this yeah, show. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I, <laughs> just just playing them and then not no having different. to either take notes or worry about remembering stuff or uh, recording or editing or publishing a podcast about it. I feel like I could I could swallow these one a week easy. <laughs> like, <laughs> they, they, are, they are not hard to chew for me at this point. Mm-hmm. My muscles are so um, strong. <laughs> Look at you. You're a big boy now. I'm getting bigger every day. Uh, you got those chompers? Yeah, I, I think they could do it once every week, but uh, yeah, yeah, it probably just makes more sense to do it. it just, yeah, it just makes it easier to digest if it's once a month. I think it's easier to, to digest. I also think it's easier to fall off completely. Oh, that's true. Because I feel like, if I remember correctly... That was kind of the vibe on Back to the Future as it came out because people were really excited for Back to the Future. It was Telltale's mm-hmm. like biggest thing. And then just I don't remember anyone talking about it as it was wrapping up. I only played the first episode when it came out. And I assume so, that I'm not uncommon in that. I was talking to a friend of mine and he said the exact same thing. He only played the first episode and then just didn't play the rest because it didn't, you know wow him yeah and i gotta be honest i feel like i probably would have done the same if i wasn't uh shackled to a podcast yeah if if more episodes were like (laughs) this last episode of the game then i might have stuck with it but yeah um i guess they felt that they had to work up to this and i i guess i i just don't agree with that design mindset they didn't have to work up to this they could have just done this yeah i mean that that's pretty much how like all their other games I've played feel like like in Sam and Max and The Walking Dead I never feel like okay well this has got to be building up to something exciting uh it's just exciting the whole way through it they can just do it but like we said before it's probably part of needing to use a big license like Back to the Future they got to play by the rules you know what i think i think yes. more than 
any one thing that hurts Back to the Future. The thing, sorry, hang on. The other thing Telltale is making is The Expanse. <laughs> That's true. I, if we just get it out of the way, we can just talk about it and just finish it. <laughs> uh, the Guess what I did last night, Dustin? What What did you do last night? I know what you did last night, but tell the audience. I watched seven episodes of The Expanse. Seven episodes? That's a lot of episodes. Yeah, that's seven-tenths of the first season of the show. <laughs> And did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it. I think I did. Nice. Um, it's it's a slow burn for me. Um, it it has it has been described to me by people who enjoy the show as the Game of Thrones of space, uh, <laughs> which is a good way to get me to watch a thing. Um, I don't know if I a hundred percent agree with it, but I can get where they're coming from. It's a large sort of ensemble cast uh, where there's these characters who are sort of the bit players on the brink of bringing their their world into war. Um, mm-hmm. j- j- just a very quick plot. Here, here's the premise of the show, The Expanse. Uh, okay. And I assume just the same of the, uh, of the books the show is based on. In about 300 years from now, the solar system is has been colonized by humans there's earth uh that's like a big hot spot for humans still we'll still be doing that whole earth thing uh mars which is similarly big in terms of like how many humans are there uh but they're still like working toward um making it a greenhouse just making it uh full of oceans and plant life they're they're they're, like very slowly doing that uh, and most of Mars is sort of like more of a militaristic state right now because they're just so focused on that goal of making life work on Mars that they're not paying attention to anything else. Right. Um, and there's the belt, the asteroid belt, with Ceres being like the largest body in the asteroid belt. It's uh, it's a fun fact about Ceres. One third of all the mass in the asteroid belt is just in Ceres. So... Wow. Yeah. Talk about a thin belt. Uh, oh, you said it. So the the people that live out there, those are like the three main places people live. Uh, so the people that live on the belt are called belters. And... All right. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, they collect frozen, like, rock ice from the asteroids out on the belt. And they ship the ice to earth and mars because people just need water like water is one of the highest commodities that you can have Um, that makes sense and because of that like relationship uh you've got the people on the asteroid belt which is like the place where all the high resources are being treated the worst by uh by earth and mars it feels a lot like the american revolution where the like England is abusing the colonists, even though the colonists have all the stuff. Like America was so much more fertile than England at that time, um, and and there's like a there's a disproportionate arrangement of power in that case. Okay, so it's those three factions: Earth, Mars, and the Belt, sort of like trying to not upset the Cold War balance. That's what the show is all about. Um, right and, and like along the way there's there's some like individual characters you follow who uh keep 
not being blown up in space and you're like whoa that was a close shave and that's that's <laughs> the whole show <laughs> barely made it out of that one Oof, can you imagine <laughs> we're still game of thrones but they're in space <laughs> So that's that's the idea. So being one of those characters in this universe uh, in a Telltale game is something I admittedly still don't understand. I wanted to come to this episode being like, I watched it. And now <laughs> I get let me now. tell you how this game's going to work. And I, I don't know still. It's going to be <laughs> it's going to be some space stuff is still my answer to that question. I have not yet met the character who is the protagonist of the game in the show. I know she shows up. I know she's like a big deal, but I don't know her yet. You know what's funny? I feel like there aren't a whole lot of games about space that I'm like super jazzed about. I, I can't really think of... There, there's tons of them. There's like Mass Effect. There's uh, all the, all these space games where you explore planets in space. I can't think of like a single game that takes place in this crazy space area where I'm like, I love this. I love that I'm in space. Huh. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I haven't played very many of them. Yeah, my favorite game of all time is The Outer Wilds. Um, mm-hmm. So I got I got at least one. I was thinking of picking that up sometime. That's on Game Pass, right? It at least was at some point. I don't know if it still is. Um, hmm. Yeah, and the the DLC came out earlier this year, which was great. <laughs> came out on my birthday that was a fun thing um yeah and then other space games might happen in the future who knows <laughs> there yeah, might be someday. other ones <laughs> yeah um so let's talk about back to the future not a space game but it is sci-fi yeah it it kind of counts <laughs> yeah S- space <laughs> is sci-fi it's the same same shit who cares uh dustin would you like to do the the plot one this time would you like to be the plot um, boy? Like just walk us through the walk us through the plot. However you want to take it. Um so this episode starts us out at the science fair, the big the big science fair. Right. That's been built up. This is where Doc was inspired to become a scientist. Uh well, th- this isn't like he saw Frankenstein, but this was one of the big defining moments of his life. Um but there's some there's some trickery afoot. Wait, because we find out that um, Doc Brown, Citizen Brown, Doc Brown, has um, he's talked to Edna, and they are planning to get you in trouble. So you can't. They're they're trying to um, get you to look bad in front of. Uh, uh, the police, so they can arrest you. They they make it sound like you're a Russian spy. What do they call you again? Uh, Yakov Smirnov. Yakov Smirnov. Yeah, that's it. Um, and and uh, the police officer's like, look, this lady, she, we get it. She's she doesn't know what she's talking about. Don't worry. Um, but if you could like get some sort of evidence to so we can throw her away. I liked how this was framed. Because, yeah. like, you, you think that the whole thing is going to be like, well, now I need to prove I'm not Russian or something. And then the police are like, no, 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 you're fine. <laughs> just, Look, we get it. She, she is before. the worst. <laughs> you just got to <laughs> Yeah, and we find out, out we were right to think she was the worst. Because we, we were talking about it, like, was it last episode or the episode before? I was saying, 
she wasn't that bad at first. Then you said, no, she, she, there's some things there that say she's basically been like this all her life. And it turns out that's right. Yeah. I think my argument before was like, I, I thought I was predicting that the game was trying to make a statement on this person has not yet become criminally insane and dangerous, but Mm -hmm. some of the things that build up that personality are like some of those ingredients in the recipe are still very much in her brain now. Um, yeah, and, right. and the the game is sort of saying like, "Hey, that those little seeds of shitty personality, you might be able to brush them off as not being a big deal, but they can gestate over time, and they're always present." Uh, so that's what I thought they were going for. Turns out they were going much more direct with it, which is saying like, <laughs> "No, she's just been bad the whole time." Yeah, it turns out she was the speakeasy arsonist. Yeah, she lit that whole place on fire. Yeah, on purpose. You just ask her why, and she's like, uh, beer. duh, because Gross. it sucks. Yeah, ew. 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 <laughs> Illegal. Ew, yucky, ew. burn it. Burn it down. Kill them. Uh, <laughs> so that's great. We learn that uh, she's bad, and we should not feel bad for uh, ruining her life. So, um, but also... We see young Emmett Brown talking to uh, to older Doc Brown, who uh, really does not want your plan to go uh, the way you've been talking. Yes, yeah, Citizen so, Brown. Yes, yeah, Citizen Brown. Um, he knocks him out. He like he makes him. He's like, "Hey, what does this smell like?" And then he passes out, and then he kidnaps him. Yeah, the old does the smell like chloroform to you trick. <laughs> Oldest one in the book. Uh, if I had a nickel for every time I fell for that. Not only does Citizen Brown knock out young Emmett, he also knocks mm-hmm. out um, Jacques Duteau, who is a famous marine biologist, which those don't exist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, name one, Dustin, name one famous marine biologist. Jacques Duteau. Okay, you got me. I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, so uh, he knocks him out and steals his scuba suit so he can uh, hide young Emmett Brown in the diving bell he has, and he pretends to be Jacques Duteau. But I thought when we opened it up, we would see young Emmett and the real Jacques Duteau in there. But Jacques Duteau's just gone. I think Doc Murph. I think Doc might have murfed him. You think so? I I thought the understanding was Jacques Duteau is not a real guy. I thought it was just Doc the whole time in a diving suit. Well, early in in the episode, when you see Citizen Brown in, like, the glass house, Mm -hmm. Jacques Duteau's still there. Like, and he has, like, a different voice. See, that that was the thing that confused me. Because I wasn't, like, paying attention to his voice. And so when he started sounding like Doc, I was just like, oh, I guess I just didn't realize that was Doc's voice. But it but it was a different voice beforehand? I'm pretty sure. I don't think he just invented the whole character of Jacques Duteau. <laughs> He's pretty creative. Yeah, he, he, like, he made the whole bathosphere real quick. Uh, See, Mike, I think he could have. I, I think, uh, I definitely think he could have made him up. Because it that that just seems plausible to me. It feels like he could come in dressed in this big diver 
suit and and tell Artie McFly, uh, wee wee, I am the I am the famous Jacques Duteau. And then Artie would be like, wow, a famous man. I think Doc Brown has always been portrayed as being quite cartoonishly smart. But I think the ability to build a whole submarine bathosphere in and like a few seconds to be a a Count Olaf. A few seconds, but but doesn't he have a DeLorean? He didn't build it from scratch. And even when he made the time machine, it took him six months. He could have gone back in time and made a bathosphere. Huh. <laughs> he could have. I don't. I, I, he had a I different voice in the beginning. <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. He just had a different. He I, like didn't how, do I like it. how you just pull that. <laughs> you, you sounded so dumbfounded and then just immediately. No, he had a different voice. <laughs> It's just a no. I, I think thing. I I do think you're right. I just I just wasn't paying attention. So <laughs> when when it turned out he was Doc, I just thought, oh, he was Doc the whole time, uh, because I feel like we would have followed up on where Jacques Duteau is because he's just we don't like see him stashed anywhere. He never comes up again. That he's out of the story once Duck has taken over. Yeah, I think so, the reason is because he's not important <laughs> at all. That, that is very true. He, it, a character not being well. Hold on, Mitch. All. We haven't gotten we haven't gotten to our weekly guy yet. So maybe hold on. <laughs> oh, on that okay, okay. <laughs> um, do, do you want to explain how you thwart Jacques Duteau, aka Citizen Brown? Yeah, I actually liked this. It really isn't that much of a puzzle, but I did like it. Um, so you know Emmett's hiding and being hidden in the bathosphere. Uh, Doc is being uh, very cagey bad. He's like, oh, uh, sorry, you know, the gears, they're stuck. Oh, it doesn't work. Sorry. Uh, but then you go up and you step on the air hose mm-hmm. and... Uh, you start it starts making uh young Emmett Brown suffocate inside the bathosphere, which affects modern day Doc Brown. I thought this was like I said, it's not really a puzzle since you don't do anything. The whole thing is you just stay standing on the hose. But I did think it was an interesting story beat for the for the I, I thought it was uh, a clever way for Marty to find out. Yeah, I thought it was a nice way to show that like how at odds Marty and Brown are at this point and how much of a villain Citizen Brown really has turned into. Um, that yeah. you have to do this to... Who is essentially your best friend. Uh, every high schooler's best friend, a disgraced nuclear physicist. <laughs> um, I will say, this is the part that I was alluding to earlier that I didn't really like the puzzle on and I got stuck. The The hose? Yeah, so I did it. I stepped on the hose and like I stepped on it for about it felt like 15 seconds at least. And Doc started to say stuff and it like did a camera shift to looking inside the bathosphere and he was saying like come on stop get off the hose and Marty's like I don't think I will. And but then nothing happened. <laughs> and I thought <laughs> I okay well that I'm not I'm missing some part of it. I need to do this and something else. Um, yeah, when the whole thing is you just need to keep doing it. You just stand there. So I definitely agree. Yeah, you need to do it, but like for 30 seconds to a minute, like a long time. Yeah, like it would be one thing if it was like five seconds and it like gives you some feedback on that you're doing it right. But you have to like wait a long time to get any sort of feedback. Yeah, if you were holding your breath, you could have like also asphyxiated 
along with Doc Brown. So it's a realistic amount of time, I guess. <laughs> but uh, it makes you really feel for him. Yeah, it it is not. <laughs> I also need to breathe. Yeah, I, I, it, there weren't enough tells that like I was actually making progress and whittling down Doc's resolve. It mm-hmm. just felt like, oh, I'm not doing this right. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely, I definitely agree with you. I, I come at it. I like it in a story way. In a story way, I think it's a cool, clever idea. But gameplay wise, I totally agree. It does not do a good job of making you feel like this is what you're supposed to do. So after you rescue Emmett, young Emmett from the bathosphere, uh, he's able to present his science experiment. Mm-hmm. And his science experiment is a version of the rocket car that is it just self-propels based on electromagnetism instead of rockets. Right. Well, before even that, first, before Emmett can do his presentation... We have to get uh, Edna arrested. Oh, yeah. And we we do that by recording her confessing to burning down the speakeasy. Yeah. Yeah, you just do a really bad Doc Brown impression and tell her it's... Uh, well, really bad is harsh, but I feel like if you were to hear him, you would not buy that he's... It was interesting. That he's Carl Sagan. Because it was a, yeah. it was a really bad Doc Brown impression, but it was a really good not Marty impression. It didn't yeah, sound like, like the he, same guy at all, so that's good. But it's like if yeah. you can do it so far as to be not identifiable as the guy you are, maybe just go a little further to be a specific other guy. Yeah, I guess maybe when phones weren't as uh, prevalent, maybe you would just be like, "Oh, I guess he just sounds different over the phone." That's probably true. I bet the reception over a phone in 1931 was terrible. I bet you couldn't like if you made out words at all. You would assume mm-hmm. you're talking to the human, if not a human. <laughs> the human. Um. So then, Trixie Trotter's there too. She's presenting. Oh yeah. And you can call. You can call her in the House of the Future, and just mess with her. You can. <laughs> you can just do like prank calls. Yeah, I like that bit a lot. Trixie's. Oh, can consistently I? Great. Can I? Can I say something about this part of the chapter? So, um. I was looking at the achievements. I I throughout this whole game, there are so many missable achievements in in this game, and I really don't want to go back and get them all. So, uh while I didn't look up like how to do any of the puzzles in this episode, I did look up missable achievements. Okay. And um there's one here in this room. Where I'm like, how would you ever know to do that unless you looked it up? Did you ever look at the uh, theremin booth? There's one of the science fair booths is a is a theremin. I did, but I mostly ignored it. Okay, if you do it, if you interact with it seven times, <laughs> you get an achievement. Neat. <laughs> yeah. What's the achievement and, uh, called? Um, I don't know. I didn't write it down. Seven times a theremin. Seven times a theremin. Keeps the but doctor one... away. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I did like about it was, um, so any anytime he interacts with the theremin, Marty has like a little animation. He does this fun little thing. Um, and one of his animations is the Guybrush dance from Tales of Monkey Island. He does, does the same dance Guybrush does since, you know, they already had that animation they could use. That's, that's great. <laughs> 
yeah, it's neat. It doesn't. Ha- it's not important, but it's neat. But then after the seventh time, like the more you interact with it, you know, he starts getting crazier with his moves, and like you'll see like people behind him like staring at him. They're like, Ew. weird. And then the last time, Q-Ball's watching him. And then once Marty gets off, Q-Ball's like, yeah, I, I guess I'll try this out. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah, that's just a fun little thing. It has nothing to do with the story, but you get a little you get a little Q-Ball in there. It's kind of like the Benang thing, where every time you Benang, it gets worse. And Max, <laughs> gets likes, worse. Max likes it less. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, eh. I don't uh, know. It's just... <laughs> I love that. Just, I'm just picturing Max going like, eh. um so we need when young Emmett is like about to get in his hover car thing and it's about to go well and then his dad shows up and demands that we do a father-son therapy session in the middle of the whole thing (laughs) he demands that we do he demands it and the episode comes to a (laughs) screeching halt as you literally walk back and forth between both characters carrying messages to them because they don't want to talk to each other. <laughs> yeah. I I did... Like, as a puzzle, obviously, it doesn't... Who cares? Who gives a shit? But I did like that we finally got to see his dad. I, I, again, story-wise, I liked this part. He looks like a German owl. Yeah. <laughs> I, I liked seeing him kind of lighten up on his son a little bit. Even if gameplay-wise, it was about as uninteresting as it could possibly be. It really was. It, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just don't even know what they're what they're going for with this I, whole I section. really think it is... Um, it really does strike me as that. We're almost kind of at The Walking Dead, but not quite, where they're trying to be more... Uh, it, it, they're trying to get the gameplay to match the story a little more, a little more invested in, like, interacting between these characters rather than being an actual good puzzle. Because, mm-hmm. like, the thing is, Walking Dead really does not have that many puzzles. It's more about character interaction, which is fine. And But Back to the Future just feels like it's caught in between these two eras of Telltale. And it kind of suffers for it. But... You know, like I said, I did like the on a story level, and it doesn't last that long, so that's good at least. And I didn't have to redo it again. My game didn't crash. Actually, my game did crash, but not at this part. Uh, did your game crash up to this part? Where was it? No, it crashed later. Okay, we'll get to it then. Um, yeah. yeah, even narratively, I guess I just don't care. <laughs> I think the the. the <laughs> The relationship between Doc and his brown. Doc and his dad. Wow. (laughs) Doc (laughs) Doc and his brown. brown. (laughs) Uh, Is not an interesting thing at all. Um, If it was right after the first episode, I would have said like, oh, well, yeah, I guess that's what this season is about. But we did all those other episodes where it didn't matter Mm -hmm. at all. Um, Yeah. So I, I just didn't care. I feel ya. I feel ya. Uh, but you get them to like each other, and then uh, his dad lets him do the experiment. So he drives uh, the hover car into the air, and he flies around. And it's great. Right. <laughs> Good job. 
And after that, at that point, uh, you, Marty goes outside to look after Citizen Brown, who uh, gets hit by Edna driving the DeLorean and and dies <laughs> on the spot. Just gets hit real hard. Um, yeah, I'm surprised he even lived long enough to to tell Marty to look at the paper. Like, if if you're like 70 and you get hit by a car like a DeLorean, you're dead. You're done. You don't get to tell Marty to look at a paper. I think <laughs> I think he was helped a little bit by the fact that at this time he's also fading out of existence mm-hmm. because he's a version of Emmett Brown that grew up a certain way and this one just had a pretty good science fair. Um, so <laughs> science fair Emmett Brown and Citizen Brown are incompatible so Citizen Brown is fading out of existence and I guess when he was hit by the car he was like on the fade out so he wasn't hit as much <laughs> Maybe. it only hit the part of him that was there the other part was fine yeah um, <laughs> but he but he still got hit by a car and is like 700 years old so he he doesn't get to live anymore i love that you call young emmett brown science fair emmett brown <laughs> <laughs> yeah they got this science nerd over here uh just trying to drive a car <laughs> through the air and marty's like i got science brown citizen brown i couldn't be paid to care about a flying car i am four <laughs> movies past that at this point uh, so so marty is just like watching citizen brown die and he's really broken up about it uh, even though this was always the plan yeah the plan was to get the old doc back like there wouldn't be a, a citizen brown to die yeah yeah, Marty was always going to do this. But he's still watching. He's still watching his best friend die. So you know, it still probably hits him in a way. Even if uh, I, I guess getting hit by a car hits differently than fading out of existence. That's true. Um, Literally. So right after Citizen Brown dies, you're really not even given a second <laughs> to be sad about it because right at that moment, um, regular Doc Brown comes in and he's like from he's just coming here randomly from 1986 um just for his own reasons and he just stopped mm-hmm. by and said oh hey how's tr- well how's I, I would assume i would assume he came back to get marty or maybe maybe not but i he i i <laughs> I just assumed he remembered that Marty was uh, in that time period, and he's like, "Oh well, I guess I better get him." Uh, they they at one point do specifically say why he came back, and I don't remember what it was, but it wasn't that. It was like a specific reason he had to go back to 1931. Oh, okay. He looks good. I like this model of Doc Brown with like the Hawaiian shirt and the crazy tie. Yeah, I feel like it's been so long since we've seen that uh, episode two and one version of Doc Brown that like I'm just I'm happy to see the hair be correct again. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't remember. Oh, I do remember why he went back in time. What? Doc Brown was making Marty a scrapbook. Oh, okay. And uh, the scrapbook he was making for him, it was it's all of his family members from like as a bunch of generations back up till the present. Except that um, Marty's grandma, Sylvia Miskin, didn't have any information anywhere, and that's we find out it's because 
Sylvia Miskin normally went at the time by Trixie Trotter. Oh, uh, what a what a twist. What a twist Trotter. that we've talked about every episode of this podcast until now when it's finally revealed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's that's why Doc Brown had to go back. He didn't know who Trixie Trotter was. Uh, so it was like the okay. last part of the scrapbook. All right, all right. That makes sense. I like that. I feel like that's a good reason. Um, I feel like that makes more sense than him just remembering to go back and get Marty. I wrote down a list of predictions on this piece of paper before I started playing the episode. Ooh, Be- do tell. Uh, I, I wanted just to see, like, I was so sure that it had gotten so predictable at this point to the point where I was like, I can with every important character tell you what's going to happen to them. (laughs) Um, So I wrote down, we write Citizen Brown out of the timeline, but only moderately fix Edna a bit so she doesn't suck. Clara and Doc Brown reunite. Marty rides... We never even... Another skateboard. Oh. Jen's completely back to normal. Trixie is grandma. Trixie is grandma. Uh, so I mean, those that's are all right. The things I've written down. Uh, <laughs> How many of those came true? All of them. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clara and Doc Brown reunite is stated, but it's off screen. So uh, yeah, it's it's interesting that we never even see them. Yeah, and Jen being completely back to normal, I guess, is implied but not definite. Yeah, we don't see her at all. But like, why wouldn't she be? I I think yeah. if if the if the police state Hill Valley never happens, I don't think she goes punk rock. Exactly. And Marty did I, write I another skateboard. I kind of wish they did follow up. He did. He did. I I do kind of wish they followed up on like some of these characters because I feel like the ending happens very fast. Um, I I thought the ending of this episode was satisfying, but it in retrospect, I feel like it feels a little rushed. And if this were a movie, I feel like we would have seen, like, we would have gotten closure on, like, some of the other characters. Although we we get some, but we'll get there. Yeah. Um, so after regular Doc Brown comes back, you get a visit from uh, Willie McFly. Yeah, great grandpa Willie. So he was a baby in the Wild West and now is an adult in the 30s which is sort of a weird thing to think about i always think about these time periods as being very far away but they're really not any further than the 70s and now yeah uh, it, it's it's very weird yeah the wild west was just not that long ago um the wild west feels like a long time like longer than it is yeah I, like the wild west to me just feels it feels before society in the same way that cavemen feel before society, but I, like, obviously <laughs> I don't know that's if I'd not... go that far, but <laughs> well, just, just because like in in Europe, that's what they have before the countries, <laughs> like uh-huh. because their countries are so so old. So in like California, what we have before California is the Wild West, but that's not like obviously that's not nearly as long ago. So it's yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, Great Grandpa Willie, voiced by Michael J. Fox. He's Michael J. Fox. What did you think about his voice? Uh, I thought he did well. I I feel like uh, he he uh, he sold. I bought it. It's interesting to me. One thing I was thinking of was how 
Every time I heard him, I was like, this is the guy who played Marty McFly, but I'm just so used to the Marty McFly voice from this game now. So I'm like, these two sound similar but different, and even though you are Marty McFly, now this guy is Marty McFly, so you sound wrong. The thing, ab- the thing about it is that Michael J. Fox is not doing his natural speaking voice, he's like doing a voice. Yeah. And... That in and of itself is a strange choice, considering that it's supposed to sound like him. Like he's I can kind of see guy. why they did it. I can kind of see why they did it, considering uh, who else he voices in this episode. Yeah, but like it, it's still if it's supposed to be an older version of a Michael J. Fox like character, he already is older Michael J. Fox. <laughs> Like, you don't need to do a voice to sound more like how you once did. It's fine that you don't anymore. That's, like... That's true. That's the point. (laughs) (laughs) That, like, if you're showing... If you're trying to get as close to what Michael J. Fox would sound like in the future, boy, have I got good news for you. You are him. (laughs) You are Michael J. Fox Mission accomplished. So I I just (laughs) thought it was a weird acting choice. That, like, he's putting Kinda. something on when he doesn't... Like, he is the guy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe it's just because, like, he's not Marty McFly. Like, he he is a different character who would not speak the same as Marty McFly. I guess that's true, but do you think that during the filming of the Back to the Future trilogy, he was putting on a voice then? I didn't think so. Like, it didn't sound to me like no. it was a... Uh, anything other than his normal speaking voice. I mean, maybe his, his affectation was different than he would have spoken with in real life, but I, I didn't think he was anything other than his natural speaking voice then. Yeah. Um, well, you know, he's voicing an older McFly from long ago. He himself is older, so it's, there's probably... Uh, I At the end of the day, I think it makes sense that he would not want to sound just like an older Marty for this character. Sure. I don't I I think that's fine, but I also think that later on in the episode we'll see a very similar voice that he does that I don't <laughs> think that argument stands up for. Um, but <laughs> yes. True. I I agree. <laughs> I I think it works here, but <laughs> yeah, we'll get to it. Um I mean like it's it, it's not a knock against him. I just think that that choice is strange, but yeah. Mm-hmm. He he does a good job. Uh, yeah. When he gets there, he he wants to check in on Artie, who is his son, because he found out Artie's getting married to some Canadian. Ugh. Ugh. Imagine those uh, those can those cold people up there, those Canadians. Yeah, I almost turned I almost turned the episode off right there, but I decided to push through. Those ice friends of ours. <laughs> those iced friends. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oof. Woof. So, uh, uh, right when he's about to do that, all of Hill Valley disappears. That means Marty has Canadian blood in him. Ew! <laughs> uh, don't say that! Well, <laughs> there's also the thing where, like, <laughs> when he goes back and he meets the McFlies in uh, part three in, in the third movie, they're mm-hmm. all, like, very Irish to the point where they just have, like, the most cartoon leprechaun voice you could possibly think of. That's true. <laughs> yeah, so he's got some he's got some interesting little cocktail of 
uh, blood in him. <laughs> yeah, Marty's interesting. Uh, but then all all of Hill Valley disappears. Like everything, what? the 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 buildings and just the roads. It's just a very nondescript hill where nothing happens. Yeah. Now it's literally there's literally nothing around, and they watch it all disappear right before their little beady eyes. Yeah. Do you want to talk about this part? So they're freaking out. Uh, they don't know why Hill Valley's gone, but um, they realize it probably has something to do with Edna. She probably went back in time and did a bad. Um, and Great Grandpa Willie tells them about the old lady just down yonder. Um, so they take a visit down yonder to this uh, this shack in the middle of uh, this area. And it turns out that the person living here is an elderly Edna, Edna Strickland, who uh, went back in time, it turns out, to the days of the Wild West. And, uh, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. You need to make her remember what happened. You need to figure out where she went from this um, old, uh, this old Edna who does not remember. Right, yeah. Um, and this part, this part definitely reminded me of The Walking Dead. This has very strong Walking Dead vibes to it. Uh, I liked it. So here, here's the thing about Edna. Before mm-hmm. you tamper with the timeline, Edna mm-hmm. has Alzheimer's and she can't remember anything and is, yeah. is very senile and difficult to talk to. And in this version of old Edna that was like warped back to the past and then lived until 1931 again. Um, she again has Alzheimer's. Right. But we see in the alternate 1986 where she is like first citizen Edna. And also in the end of this episode, spoiler into regular 1986, uh, she doesn't have to. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just, it's like making the statement almost that having a hard life makes Edna more likely to have Alzheimer's. Yeah. I mean. That's, yeah, that's like real not it. (laughs) That's, that's not right. (laughs) That's not how that disease works. works. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've I've had multiple grandparents at this point who have uh, died of Alzheimer's. And, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I just I think that it would have happened even if they uh, married Doc Brown. I'm I think probably <laughs> it either would have happened or would not have happened. And it's not like a fifty fifty shot depending on <laughs> how you change the timeline. Well, good news, Mitch, because those are the two options in this game. It happens or it doesn't. Well, no, the option this game presents is it's a 50-50. Whereas <laughs> what I'm saying is it should be 100 or 0. Or yeah. dependent on things like did you chew on a lot of aluminum foil? They found that maybe that is connected. Like mm-hmm. uh, stuff like maybe that. Maybe she did. So maybe like living in bad things makes her chew on a loop i don't know this sucks yeah I, I maybe she did. We, we don't know in this game where like 
the the loneliness and the, the senility I get as being like yeah. attached to the the way that you grew up that makes sense. But then like the actual forgetfulness and the Alzheimer's I I don't I don't I don't Do jive th- with well, as well. Well, here's the thing about this Edna in 1931, elderly Edna. She made it a point to not remember. So do you think it might have something to do with her just choosing to not think about it for, like, her entire life? Makes it very, uh, very fuzzy and cloudy. Um, I don't because she she does tell you she makes it she makes it a point to tell you she never thinks about her she never talks about her past or her future right that is true and that's a very healthy way to just live but um (laughs) i don't i don't necessarily think that's the 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 root of it because when you meet her in episode one in regular 1986 she Mm -hmm. she doesn't have that feeling about life anymore like she'll talk about old stuff and it's still yeah. like the problem is still clearly there. Um, mm-hmm. And in 1931, old Edna, uh, she she did decide that, but I feel like she didn't decide that that long ago. I think she decided that maybe because she has a hard time remembering everything, so she doesn't want to try because it's like. For for people with memory loss issues, it can be very distressing to try to remember something and then think about like, well, why don't I remember that? Is my mind broken? Mm-hmm. I don't like thinking about that. Uh, Interesting. That's how it. Okay. That's how it felt to me. I don't know. I I think your explanation makes sense as well. Uh, if not for the fact that that 1986 Edna didn't seem to have that attitude. Yeah. No, I get that. I I I feel that as well. Um. So you remind her what happened, and because you're trying to figure out what happened here, why does Hill Valley not exist? She went back to nineteen seven or eighteen seventy six, um, one hundred ten years before the game's uh, present. That's a lot of years. And she burned down all of Hill Valley because there was a saloon there, and she's like, "I love burning these. I know how to burn <laughs> bars so well at these point. At this, point. my favorite thing to do. My favorite thing to burn is a uh, is a nice speakeasy. <laughs> <laughs> they burn real good. It's the alcohol has burns nice and blue. It's a pretty thing. <laughs> Who can blame her? Honestly. I wrote here in my notes that the way you make her confess to this is very Sam and Max. Um, just the way that it feels. You need to go around her yard and like uh, dress a cactus up like someone she might know. And you need to burn a, uh, a saloon, which is just an outhouse with a saloon sign on it in order to make her remember like, oh yeah, I burned a saloon. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, she, she's her memory is jogged by seeing you do stuff that is similar to what you did or what she did in the past. Uh, Yeah. You know what? Thinking about it. Do you think she just like chose, like she pushed this memory down so deep and that's why she doesn't remember. Like, cause she says, once you remind her what she did, she really gets upset. She breaks down. She's like, I'm a hooligan. I'm a hooligan. Do you think the reason she doesn't remember is that she chose to really push that memory down? And it's a, it's a repressed memory that they're bringing up. 
Yeah, that's a complicated question. I think that is what they're trying to say. But she has Alzheimer's. Like, she mm-hmm. she very clearly has it. So I don't think there's a reason she wouldn't remember a specific thing. Like, she would forget everything. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But I also think narratively they are trying to equate her forgetting it with guilt. Um, yeah. Which kind of feels weird. Like, either make that what it is and not do the Alzheimer's thing or make it Alzheimer's and not do the guilt. But, like, it's 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 muddy. This part of the game is a little <laughs> muddy in terms of writing. Right. Um, I I still liked it enough. I thought I thought it was an interesting way to uh, progress the story and find what we needed to. Yeah, this is we talked about this on the podcast before where uh, just a a pet peeve of mine is talking about mental things incorrectly. Mm -hmm. Like if you you want to do an Alzheimer's thing, do it for sure. That's interesting and, and cool and an unrepresented part of humanity in media. Um, but like, do it, like, do it correctly. And I don't think mm-hmm. they did. Um, I feel that. Yeah. It it also, it, well, to be fair, I feel like this game didn't do a lot of things correctly. Yeah, that's, yeah, sure. <laughs> for sure. I don't know why they would start here, but, uh, <laughs> I, I care about this more than other things. So, I'll, yeah. Yeah. I care about this more than, more than say, young Emmett talking to his father. <laughs> That's absolutely true. <laughs> um, so you follow, once you find out what year that happened in, which was 1876, you go back to then and you're all of a sudden in movie number three, Wild West Hill Valley. Wow. This is the cool to go to. West. This was a fun thing. I think it would have been cooler if we got to maybe see a little more of it. We really are just in the one spot, but it's still neat. Well, yeah. I mean, obvi- obviously, you can't fit a whole explore the Wild West at the end of this last chapter of a story. So this is nine years before the time period that movie three takes place in. Mm-hmm. Um, so kid, not kid Tannen, uh, Mad Dog Tannen. Beauregard Tannen. Beauregard Tannen. He's already been here for quite a little while. Beauregard's a fun name to say. And he's uh, he's setting up a saloon, and Edna just hates that shit. You're not allowed to do that around her. <laughs> uh, and so she's going to burn this one down, too. And she just comes along and thinks she can t- take charge. This is where the big... Um, I, this is where part one of the big, like, boss fight puzzle thing that is mandated to be in every Telltale game happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you did you care about this at all? I didn't care about this one. Um, I thought it was a little exciting. I like that we got a tannin. I I thought okay. the stalemate between her and uh, Beauregard Tannin was a little interesting. Uh, setting off this trap. Uh, you know, it it didn't blow my socks off or anything, but I was I was invested enough. I would say. Yeah, Beauregard Tannin has a gun pointed at um. Uh, Edna and Edna is holding the torch that if she drops it she's gonna it's gonna drop on all this lighter fluid and just burn the place down so they're at a standstill because if he shoots her she'll drop the torch um mm-hmm. and, and burn his saloon down so what you got to do is knock tannin out and douse the torch at the same time and figuring yeah, out how doc to do tell- that is hard yeah doc tells you you hear him yell out uh 
Oh, if only someone could take you both out at the same time. <laughs> he really does lay it on and, thick that time. <laughs> and Marty's like, cool. Great. Uh, and sure enough, you're, you're able to rig the chandelier with some pickle juice. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I gotta, I way. gotta say, Mitch, if I were the star of an adventure game, if I had to do shit like this, I would probably not. I would, I would blow this. Yeah. I feel like one or both of them would be dead if I were in charge of this. Yeah, I <laughs> I would probably find out how much better society would be if we just killed the tannins off right now. Yeah, I I would I would probably just like instead of sneaking up there with the sandbags, I would just sneak out of the saloon and leave. Yeah, we know that the tannins have never been good people ever. So like Yeah. It's, just take them out, just end it. End the tannins. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah, who cares about Biff? Do you think this do you think society is better off having Biff in the future? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Dustin. Yeah, right. Well, I guess killing him I guess killing him means no kid Tannen. No kid Tannen probably means uh Trixie and Artie don't get together, and then Marty's as good as dead. That's true. And I think Kid Tannen I think the thing they were trying to say with Kid Tannen was like it was a weird kind of gang moment in American history where a lot of that illegal organized crime sort of was the backbone of the communities they were in. So without Mm -hmm. those speakeasies and without those gangs, Hill Valley would probably never become a respectable town. Um, Right. Thanks kid Tannen. Yeah. Thanks for doing that. I guess he really, he really saved the day. Um, uh, so after that, Edna tries to drive away in the DeLorean. And then this is part two of the boss fight where um, Marty rides a hoverboard, which Doc just has because he was in 2015 recently. <laughs> he got it because you need it for the plot. Yeah. And uh, Marty's uh, skitching off of Edna's car and he's got these synchronizer things where if he puts these synchronizers on edna's delorean uh doc's delorean can sync up with it and Mm -hmm. they can become intertwined and that at that point if doc goes 88 miles per hour and goes into the future or whatever edna will too yeah which is Uh, uh, what do you think of this what do you think of this big finale showdown i i just don't like these boss fights I I think, I think they're fine if they're like bigger, but it it really it really doesn't feel like this is that big an ending. Like I think back to Sam and Max, and I think back to like Charlie Hotep. Yeah, Charlie Hotep's I the one I, like, I always think back to as like a good example. But even the good ones of these feel like the adventure game thing is supposed to be about bringing your your knowledge of the community and how the game works and how these items work together and, and like sort of tying all the loose ends. Like that's the cool part of playing an adventure game to me at Mm -hmm. least. And these boss fights are not reflective of that. Uh, They don't do that. They they like say, okay, now it's a completely different setting. The setting is never connected to the rest of the game. Um, and everything you need is right here and it's like really small and it might be tricky to think through, but like it's always just using these machines and people 
and items that are not connected to anything else that you've done in that episode. Um, and it, it just, it feels hollow to me every time. Yeah, I get that. I, I feel like I would be fine with them if we weren't doing these every week. Yeah. <laughs> it, it comes down to this every single episode. It does. But yeah. like, if I'm, if I'm doing this like once a month, then it's fine. Every episode needs a climax. Um, but you just get so used to them. You know, they're coming, you know what they're going for and you just get a little sick of them. But I think on their own, I don't have a problem with them. It's just what I'm, you you really get used to them after a few. You really do. And things that you get used to, it's like, it's one thing if you're getting used to it and you think it's good. And then it's, it's another, if you are also thinking like, well, I'm starting to see the seams in this. I'm starting to see why this is kind of not the best design it could be. And I'm getting Mm -hmm. very used to it. Um, I get that. Yeah. You know, we started this podcast and I had the, the hypothesis that we would feel like we really like the early telltale stuff, the Sam and Max's and, and the strong bads and the monkey Island sort of point and click adventures. And by the time they change over to walking dead. We uh, like that style of just basically choose your narrative thing. We wouldn't like it anymore because Mm -hmm. like we, we are more old school players in that way. And that's what we like in adventure games. But you know what? I don't think I was right about that. I think that as (laughs) we're gearing toward that genre shift with walking dead, I'm getting more and more ready to say, like, yeah, you made the right call. Uh, I, well, I think it's time it, to get rid of that old style. Yeah, well, it, it, I do think it's just because we're doing these every week, and we are, like, so ready for change at this point. Like, we've played so many, and Walk, Walking Dead comes around, and it's like a breath of fresh air. It's, it's just not like those old Telltale games. But I really feel like... Once we start getting into that, we're going to feel the same. We're going to get burnt out on those because they're just all the same thing. I kind of just don't think we will in the same way, though. I don't think we'll get burnt out in the same way because those games are so frictionless. I mean, narratively, you you have anxiety for characters and stuff, and that's a new kind of stress. But Mm -hmm. like if a game, if if a post The Walking Dead Telltale game takes an hour and a half to do, that's just how long it takes. You will not get stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, I, other than, I guess, there's there's obviously going to be some edge cases, I'm sure, that will come up where we get stuck. But for the most part, it, you're not trying to do things. You just watch things Yeah, the happen. puzzles aren't the meat of it. Yeah. Um, and even the puzzles that are there are pretty not hard. Yeah, in in some series that is so exaggerated because you get to points like uh, Minecraft where that was so narrative and so cinematic heavy that they were able to convert it to a Netflix thing that's just a choose your own adventure <laughs> without changing the yeah, gameplay exactly. that much. Uh huh. Um, I'm interested in getting to that. I, I I do feel like you know what I think it also might help because once coming up we're gonna be kind of mixing it up a little. Because we still have older games to go through, so we'll be kind of going back and forth between, like, the newer Telltale and the older Telltale. I think that'll kind of help break things up a little and make both feel a little fresher than they would have otherwise. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to, uh, like, throw Wallace and Gromit 
and the wolf among us like right after each other uh and just <laughs> what a weird combo yeah just like one of each of the styles um and then i guess probably a csi game which i'm not excited for in the same way but it's it, it will similarly break up the pace mm-hmm. um yeah so i i i guess man i didn't want back to the future to be the falling out of love <laughs> like arc of our show yeah. it because it's frankly well, really early <laughs> in the show yeah i mean i mean i i really do feel like i brought it up before i feel like part of it is just because we did sam and max season three beforehand which did feel like it was kind of shaking things up a little you know you got max in there it looked like they were really trying to breathe some new life into the classic uh telltale formula and then back to the future just kind of goes back to it and like it tries some things that are similar to walking dead but not really enough like the things that are more similar to walking dead are kind of more like you know flavor it's it's like yeah you can pick a nickname and they'll keep calling you that for the rest of the game and like uh there's some dialogue options that change some very small things but overall it just feels like a very basic early telltale game yeah in a lot of ways and yeah, I just feel like our our expectations cuz we were uh, we were very positive on Sam and Max season 3 and then going to I mean we did do CSI so maybe also our maybe our expectations were a little higher with this one too. We were like, okay, well we got the shit show out of the way. Now <laughs> we can get to something really good. That's true. I and think we was, were both really excited kind of... for Back to the Future to bring us out of the funk that we were in with CSI. Yeah, and it's so weird. I, so I I just feel like I'm repeating myself from last time where I don't, like, hate this season. I just feel like it's kind of the circumstances around it that made me not like it as much as I want to. Because I'm sure if we, like, played this early on, it would be fine. I would I would like it fine. But, you know, after after some high highs and some low lows, now we're just kind of, like, in the middle but yeah. in a lesser middle, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think this episode is singularly pretty good, but it's yeah, yeah, like it it doesn't save the rest of the season like a good episode no. should. Um, no, it's not like an amazing season finale. It's just better than what we had. Well, I I I, I was alluding to this earlier, but then I got sidetracked because I forgot that we were talking about the expanse and stuff. <laughs> Um, what i wanted to say before was i think that the thing the number one thing that hurts this series of games or this season of Mm -hmm. games uh more than anything else is the episodic nature that telltale seems to be like chained to at this point in their history obviously they're doing stuff like nelson tethers from time to time um Mm -hmm. where it doesn't need to be a five episode season but even nelson tethers was supposed to be five episodes or at least feels that way i don't know if we actually got confirmation on it but it seemed that way that nelson tethers was like a loose episodic thing um yeah this game if if you if you kick out a little bit of the cruft from okay so Episode 1 and 2 are the first 1931 arc, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of They kind of complete a story. They feel like... It feels like that should just be one episode, is those two episodes. Well, yeah, that's sort of what I'm getting at. Like, that's one episode. Uh, mm-hmm. And then 
episode two is all of the alternate 1986 stuff. And not only can you cut some of the bad stuff, you can add more 1980, like alternate police state 1986 stuff, make that its own thing. And that's episode two. Yeah. And then, uh, like. That's episode three. I, I know, but that, that what I'm saying is if you rewrote it, so episode one is just episode one and oh, two. Oh, you're, you're saying, you're saying, okay, 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 I'm following you. I'm following you. Uh, and then the episode, the second episode would be what is actually episode three and a little bit of four. And then the third episode mm-hmm. is like the second half of four where you're coming into the the uh, the past with Citizen Brown and all of five where you're going into like the the weird alternate states and stuff. If you just made those mm-hmm. three longer things and it's just like it's just a, a trilogy of episodes just like the movies are a trilogy um, that all connect to each other like that and you maybe make them the length and scope of old LucasArts adventure games, which are, I think, like, one and a half to two Telltale episodes in, in the way they yeah. feel um, with the scope. Uh, this would be a lot more successful creatively, I, th- I think. I totally agree. And that, in retrospect, really makes me think... Um... Or skip all of that. Just make it one big game. Uh, yeah. The, the way that, that like... That. Uh, tw- uh, what am I trying to think of? The The... What's the game I like that you haven't played? <laughs> uh, Outer Wilds? No, Terrible Toy Box uh, made it. Ron Gilbert made it. Um, oh, uh, Thimbleweed, Thimbleweed Park? Thimbleweed Park, yeah. Um, sorry, yeah, that <laughs> I can't ask other people <laughs> what the games I played are. Uh, that's just not a nice thing to do. Uh, but Thimbleweed Park, in the way that it's it's a much longer point and click adventure but it does it in like chapters of its own thing it doesn't feel episodic Mm -hmm. with the chapters it just feels like chapters that that could have been this and i think it should have been this i agree and you just in retrospect made me think that it's kind of weird that they save the uh saving citizen brown from edna in episode four for episode four i feel like that would have made a better like you could have used that to be the big ending of that episode rather than the beginning of the next episode. Totally. Yeah. And and then just have that episode focus on yeah, going back. It it's uh it's weird. So I'm I'm there with you. I agree. Why didn't you make this? Yeah. You know. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh let's let's finish up the the synopsis. You go back to uh 1986 or sorry, 1931 with Edna. Edna crashes into the side of the prison uh, with her DeLorean and gets arrested for that, and they think she's drunk. Immediately. She's immediately arrested after driving into the the building. Yeah, so Edna gets arrested and thrown in jail, and Marty and Doc are like, close enough, and they go back to 1986 (laughs) to see if that, like, didn't mess up things too bad. All's well, that ends well. And it turns out that the the present is pretty alright. Um... Doc gives Marty that scrapbook we talked about earlier. And then Edna comes up and she's hanging out with Einstein, which is already weird because she never liked Einstein. Um, <laughs> and Doc's like, oh, are you, why were you with Einstein? And Edna says, oh, I always watch Einstein. And uh, it, it's revealed at this point that Edna, in jail, fell in love with Kid Tannen. Um what what a twist. Yeah, a, a real twist. 
Um, so now she's Biff's grandma. <laughs> Doesn't that seem like that should be a... Well, She they say stepson. She says step-grandson. Step... Or step... Is it stepson or step-grandson? Because Biff uh, is... I don't remember. Biff is your th- dad's age, step-son. not your age. Yeah, stepson. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so that's weird. <laughs> that's a weird thing to yeah, have. Yeah, that's see, that's a whole thing. I guess it didn't affect too much. Because uh, because they they seem pretty fine with everything. Everything else seems like the way it should. So they're like, all right, cool, fine. Who cares? It didn't affect too we, much, but it did make Biff um, just never be a bad guy. I guess he's only that sort of beta male gif <laughs> that that they. Uh, <laughs> Or not gif biff that they they have uh when they change his past in movie number one yeah yeah i didn't that like directly tie into marty's parents getting together like wouldn't that affect something like that who knows <laughs> i guess i guess not, not. i <laughs> guess it was i guess it was fine yeah. that, that's that's a lot of how this like whole series feels like if you include this as the canon Back to the Future 4 and it, you think of it not as lesser than than the movies in terms of just the the, the actual things that happen, at this uh-huh. point, you got to just be like, well, you know what? If it if I'm not dead, I, it has to be fine. We, we're not going to fix it. <laughs> it's just going to be what yeah, it is. Yeah, who cares? We, we spend too much time trying to get it like this. Let's, we, this is fine. Yeah. Who cares? Uh, so... <laughs> after all that it it seems good for a second and then here's the cliffhanger three marty's from the future all played by marty mcfly and they're all like 30 years older than current three marty marty's um they're all dressed in different ridiculous future outfits and they're all like arguing that at this point in time the timeline changed again and it's like hey you you messed up my timeline no you messed up my timeline and they're all trying to figure it out and Marty is talking to Doc, and he's like, "Who's the real Marty?" And Doc says, "You are." That's not even a good question. And stupid. <laughs> uh, so they get in the DeLorean. They try to like sidestep the three Martys that just came from the future. Uh, yeah, they just say, "Nope, fuck it. We don't want to deal." Yeah, with it. I'm We're not. Here. I'm not playing this game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we just had a whole season. Marty says, "Where should we go now?" And Doc says, "Thrill me." Uh, and I wrote here in my notes, uh, Doc has completely given up. <laughs> Thrill me? That is, that's, no, you can't, with the time stream? <laughs> You're going to break everything. Don't just thrill yeah, me. Yeah, he's just like, whatever, who cares? I'm done with this. I'm an old man, Marty. Yeah, I think he realized, like, mm, if I don't ever see my real wife, Clara, again, it's like... We had some good years. I can't. I can't be too attached to that kind of stuff. <laughs> I do. N- <laughs> just thrill me. Take me on a ride. Let's go to the fifties. Yeah, cares? I mean, we are. We just. We just did this shit. Who cares if any of us get wiped? Yeah, out? let's go to a Nirvana concert in the nineties. Who even cares? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Let's go. Let's go to dinosaur times and kill every caveman. And that's. <laughs> and that's that's how the that's how the game ends. <laughs> <laughs> i love the idea of them just not caring and just fucking everything up they just purposefully go back in time to what they can change now yeah i think they're trying to they're, they're clearly trying to set up a season two 
or at least leave the option open while also feeling yeah. like a very complete story into itself. Yeah, I think they did that fine. I think they did that well enough. Yeah. Um, I don't think that they really left themselves enough of an option with season two. Because it's just like, well, three Martys, but we like immediately don't care about them and leave them. So that's it, so they don't matter. <laughs> uh, I, I guess the thing is, they're from the future. I At one point, don't they mention that like... It only really fucks things up if you mess with the past. If you go in the future, well, that hasn't happened yet. Who cares? Yeah. You can fix it at some point. But you're not in any, like, big hurry. So they're like, look, these three Martys will still be here. Yeah. I mean, it's not important to not change the future unless you start to care (laughs) about those people that you meet in the future because you are writing them out of existence. But as long as you never meet them, like, you're always writing a version of you out of existence in the future by changing different things in your day-to-day, even without time travel. So, you, I yeah, guess you I just, just erased the it. me that doesn't do this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Dustin's a little burnt <laughs> out on this podcast right now. No, I meant that in a good way. <laughs> future me never did this podcast, but now there's a future me who is a season, who's played every single Telltale game. Yeah, imagine that. There's a, there's a version <laughs> of you not too distant in the future who's played every Telltale game and is not better for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I also have it written down in my notes. Uh, something similar. I just wrote down, Marty and Doc just say fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have it written down, Doc gave up. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds so much more sad. <laughs> Doc gave up. Doc, Doc just he's, gave he's up. He's like, look, look, I'm like... A f- 400 years old i i don't care anymore they do at the beginning if i die of this, in one of these time periods say that doc is around 100 years old if not more um but he's been getting like uh body replacements from 2015 where they just do that because 2015 yeah. is the future <laughs> <laughs> i guess we missed that one yeah i it's, i missed when that happened he got a face D well I guess Botox exists but it's it it's not like this good you can't just yeah look I guess younger. it's better in that timeline maybe he's like mostly robot maybe like th- we didn't see a part where like his face came off and there's a bunch of like robot parts underneath oh that'd be cool uh yeah, yeah. maybe there's in <laughs> season two cool. of Back to the Future there's an episode where he needs to work with magnets but he has to admit to Marty like uh I can't touch a magnet. <laughs> I'm I'm two robots inside of uh, of a Terminator like body like I can't. Play he's with two robots. Yeah, uh, he's he's three or four robots inside of a Terminator. All standing on each other's shoulders like a kid in a trench coat. <laughs> Ew! If he like runs too fast, yeah. the, like the top robot slides off, and you can see it all like mush around in his body glove. <laughs> legs dock. You need to collect legs dock and and midsection dock. Uh, I got it. That would that would be a very creative route to go down for Back to the Future. I'd be down. The 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 the, the big stinger at the end of the episode is Marty. I've been a I've been two robots the whole time. <laughs> two robots, huh, Doc? That's that's it's pretty heavy. Uh, well, that's the episode. You want to get into our segments? Uh, you know what? I would love I would love to. What's your potent pickup? My potent pickup for this episode is the recording device. 
Oh yeah, the, and the, honestly, the flowers. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, there's not a whole lot and this episode isn't really about pickups and using items. Yeah. But um you can use the recording device on every character. There is an achievement for it. And that's why I put it because it was the only one that you could do other stuff with. Yeah, this episode kind of feels like how I sometimes feel when I'm DMing Dungeons and Dragons, where like I get into a a, a groove of storytelling, like an aspect of the story that I kind of like, and I just think like, yeah, well, let's spend this episode telling the story, and then I forget that it's like a game with mechanics and there needs to be puzzles and enemies or something. Uh, I th- to be to be fair, I think it's fine. I I like story progression in in the D and D. Yeah, Dustin's in my D and D game, by the way. Yeah, I, I I've been playing with him, and like I I love when we do other stuff too. But I got to be honest, like sometimes we have episodes with big battles. Uh, we just recently had one, which was great. But at the end of that episode, I was so relieved that the next week would just be like yeah. story. Just the just the relaxing parts. I I do want to make and, it and more balanced, but that's at good. this stage, like everyone's level three still, um, there's really not much of there's no such thing as a small battle you can throw in yet. Like later mm-hmm. on, when you're level five or or more, you can throw like, well, let's just throw some level two battles in, and then it'll it'll feel more like pepper on a dish rather than the main course. But it, well, that's a diversion, right? Anyway, my potent but, pickup but I, was I George's like... picture. <laughs> the picture you've had since the beginning of the game that you never used? Yeah, I I thought they were leading towards some sort of like, oh, and this is why I've had it the whole time. And the fact and they that don't. they didn't, I kind of like it more. Uh, it, it's just there for, just to have, I guess. Yeah, it's just there to have. You have the... Uh, it's just a keepsake to remember like what you're working toward the whole time you're just i just want my regular dad back (laughs) (laughs) that's i guess what marty cares about and it's interesting to to see that be a point of interest for marty because we've learned to hate george mcfly over playing this game but uh (laughs) yeah they really make him suck again yeah but that's that's the picture i like or that's the potent pickup i like (laughs) <laughs> the potent picture i like golden moment what is your golden moment i like the whole science fair bit i i just thought um i don't know i i just thought um it was a good introduction to this episode i was like okay well this is a major moment in doc's life there's been a lot of uh build-up to this and um you know i like the setting i like walking around the school seeing all the different uh booths um there's a lot you can do here. There's like the house of the future. There's uh, the glass maze we didn't talk about because it's not that interesting, but it's fine. Um, yeah. There's the whole part with recording Edna. So I, I felt like it started pretty strong in this episode. Yeah. Mine is specifically within that stepping on the hose. Um, I, I, again, I didn't like even, the Even though you didn't like the puzzle, you thought it was a good, like, story beat? Yeah, I just thought it was... A, yeah, I, I liked Marty almost killing Doc. I thought that was... It, <laughs> it, it showed... It was narratively strong, and it showed where these characters have gone over the course of this game. Because sometimes yeah. it feels like these characters haven't done anything over the course of this game. So to be reminded mm-hmm. that, like, no, we're, we are in a different place than when we started. 
uh, is cool, and this one very much does that. Yeah, I liked seeing the bloodlust in Marty's eyes. <laughs> I enjoyed that. He decided it. maybe I'll just maybe I'll just kill for fun after this. Speaking of, who's your weekly guy? Um, I am going to say Doc Brown this episode. Regular Doc Brown because it was great to see him again, and I liked his Hawaiian shirt. I'm I'm gonna go very similar, and I'm gonna say Citizen Brown. Because I, I liked how um, arch-villainous he got <laughs> trying to drug yeah, his I thought, I thought that was self. I thought that was very interesting that they basically make this character who's been your friend in all of these movies and a good chunk of this game. Now he's like the main villain trying to stop you from this guy who normally helps you put the time stream back. Now he's trying to not do that. And you can tell Christopher Lloyd had a good time with it too. Yeah, I think he consistently does a great job in the it, like even when he's like pr- pretending to be uh, Jacques Duteau, uh I think his performance throughout this game is very good. I'll I'll say that I think most of the actors in this season do a great job. Yeah, if if I can, may, I'm, maybe I want to do a weird weekly guy, and I just want to say Christopher Lloyd, the real person. Um. Just, okay. I think he shines very well in this episode and this game in general. Um, if I can't, if that's too avant-garde for you, Dustin, I'll just say Citizen I... Brown. But Here, you know what? I'll let you say both. Okay, I did. This is the last time we're ever going to talk about Back to the Future on this show. So, you know what? I'll let you have your candy. That's, li- that's less likely than you think, but sure. Wow. <laughs> um, speaking of, that has been our show. And that has been our coverage of Back to the Future of the Game. We are going to spend a couple weeks off uh, between this and... Next is the first episode of Jurassic Park, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is correct. So the the next episode, if you at home would like to get ready for that, we're playing Jurassic Park. It's sort of hard to track down. Uh, We we found a relatively inexpensive way to, to play these games legally, which we'll talk about when we get to it. But again, we are taking a few weeks off just to recharge our batteries and to celebrate the uh, the holidays. We're recording this episode prior to Christmas, even though you would be listening to this in the week between... Wait, is that right? I think that's right. Um, When are you planning on getting this up? Well, it's always Wednesday. So, so yesterday is Wednesday for us as we're recording. And that is when episode four went out. So yeah, so the okay. week between Christmas and New Year's is when you'll get this... And then yeah. as the new year starts, you'll get a couple of uh, waiting weeks between this and the next thing. But the next thing will be Jurassic Park episode one of four. Um, Are you excited? Are you excited to play Jurassic Park? Um, <laughs> uh, I was more excited to play this than I am for Jurassic Park. I'll say that. Yeah, I. me too. I, I think I I think even after finishing it, I'm more excited that I played this than Jurassic Park. Yeah, you know, I love dinosaurs. Uh, I mm-hmm. n- Probably not as much as some of our friends. We have this friend, Jeff, who's just definitely going to outdo us on dinosaur love. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, for, for the most part, I never really got into back, uh, Jurassic Park nearly as much as I got into Back to the Future. Um or other like similarly cult classic movies, not cult classic, just mm-hmm. regularly classic movies. Um, 
like I don't know Star Wars or Harry Potter. Jurassic Park was always a number of rungs below average for me personally. I've and yeah, I've never seen same. any of the ones other than the first movie. Uh, so I'll I will at least watch the trilogy before we uh, before we record that uh, that series. And probably also the I world movies, might. but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, at least we'll, I'll I, at least I watch might. one of them. Is what I can promise. Yeah, I'll at least I'll at least watch the first one to uh, to re up my familiarity with the world. I don't know what the game is about. I don't know if it's a prequel or if it's characters from the movie or if it's new characters. I have no idea. Yeah, same. I I, I don't know anything about this. Yeah, I. Um, other than I hear we talked about it before how this one doesn't have a great reception from people yeah on the plus side this is the first one where they do the narrative choose your own adventure type of gameplay so like this is the switch in the genre the walking dead is not the first one this is the first one so that's yeah it isn't that interesting how like jurassic park came out no one liked it it got bad reviews and then walking dead comes out right after and it's like game of the year yeah it won like tons of game of the year awards I guess it's just such a, this formula is such a thing where it, it's narrative first. So if the story is good, it's great. And if the story isn't, it isn't. And I think that is, that's what people have said in the past about Jurassic Park and why it, uh, it might miss its milestones. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this episode has been going on for quite some time. So I think we'll leave it there. We'll see you when we come back. Do you want to call it the end of January? yeah i think that sounds like good. a month ish good... from now yeah we'll see you in a month everybody yeah don't hold us to exactly that but like around that yeah. time um i think it might just be exactly what we need we're getting a little burnt out on this show so i i think uh some time off uh will do us some good we can come back in uh with some fresh eyes and energy and rip rare and ready to go yeah we started in i think may and we just haven't taken a week off since so it's almost been a year it feels like we've taken a week off because there was a gap there when we did the csi games um yeah we had we had a little time but uh but i mean you know it kind of evened out that was still fewer weeks between episodes with the csi games then there were cases in CSI. So that was actually us hurrying up, even if, though it didn't finish yeah. feel that way. Um, mm-hmm. Until then, until uh, about a month from now, where can people find you, Dustin? You know what? People can find me on the internet at on Twitter and Instagram at AmazingDJDustin. Uh, I, think, I think you'll be able to spell that pretty okay. Uh, Mitch, where can they find you? You can find me at the wolf fm on twitter that's at symbol t-h-e-w-o-l-f-e-f-m and uh until then happy holidays happy holidays (laughs) happy holidays happy holidays mate